0: hey guys welcome back to the free drop podcast and this recap episode with blue label challenge winner luca Philippi. It was fantastic to have another chat with Luca after a few years and yeah, just fantastic to touch base with him and and see just how far his career has progressed since we had a conversation shortly after he received his sunshine tour card back in 2020. The conversation begins with a quick fire set of 10 questions, which allow you to get to know him better both on and off the course. And then we progress into the recap portion of the podcast, which is funny it's insightful and yeah just a fantastic listen before we get to the podcast though I just want to encourage you guys to give us a follow on social media you can find us on Facebook Twitter Instagram and TikTok at free drop underscore podcast now let's get to Luca Filippi. enjoy hey guys welcome back to the free drop podcast and with the latest sunshine Tour winner Luca Filippi, also a former podcast guest Luca welcome to the show
1: Thank you very much for having me, Craig.
0: So if we can just get into a few quickfire questions before we, we get into the recap of, of the uh, victory. So where did you grow up and what was your home course?
1: I grew up in Cape Town. My um, first home course was Atlantis Beach and I'm recently a member at Monmouth and Golf Club. I've been there for six years. What is your earliest golfing memory? Um, I think just going on the golf cart with my dad, um, just driving the golf cart and just hitting those balls and those plastic balls around at Atlantic beach was probably the first time I remember golf. Amateur career highlights. Um, I played in the junior president's cup. I won three times as an amateur. I finished second on the amateur order of merit. Um, And I've played for my country, which is pretty
0: cool. Most satisfying win in your life and why?
1: I'd probably say this one, definitely. Um, Just mainly because um, Gary Play is probably my favorite golf course. It's the toughest course um, that we play on the circuit. And I've waited long enough for this one, so it feels a bit better than my team's event win.
0: Best shot you've ever hit in your life?
1: Um, I'm going to go back to this week again. I think that last part on the last green was was pretty insane after probably the worst shot of my life. So, yeah, I'm glad I could uh, get that.
0: One shot you'd like over.
1: <laughs> I have to say the second shot the at the 18. <laughs> I have to go back to the shot. If not a golfer? Um, psychologist.
0: One thing people are unlikely to know about you: um, I'm very superstitious. So, what are your what are your biggest superstitions?
1: I would uh, wear the same pants if I've played the if I've played a good round in them the day before. Um, I would try and wash those socks as soon as possible, as well as the underwear so I could wear them again. And that's why you often see me wear the same outfit in the first round to the last round, even though I've got this trend now where I'm wearing white and a green shirt in the final round. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very... I've got a two-round marker in my, my pocket, two tees. Um, I'm just very, like, yeah, structured when it comes to that. I'd rather use the word structured than superstitious. One tournament you'd
0: most like to win? The Open.
1: What does a typical day look like for you? Um, I would love to say gym, but I'm, I'm not there just yet. But uh, I would wake up, do a lot of short game practice. I think you can't get enough of short game. Um, and I like to play more. I don't spend a lot of time or hours in the driving range. I like to just play nine holes or 18 holes as much as I can in between tournaments. Um, but, I mean, with our schedule, it's often just, you know, just, playing so much and trying to rest. So it's a, it's a good combo between those two. So
0: I mean I, I guess there are a lot of things that, that people forget about about the week you've just had. Um, you know, one was sitting next to Bill Murray, the other was, you know, meeting uh, meeting Gareth Bale at the at the Dunhill. And yeah, that, that was obviously a, a, a super chaotic week in Scotland with all of the weather delays and and, and whatever. And I guess how did you Kind of stay relatively chilled and, and 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 calm and kind of mentally, and I guess sort of like physically prepare for the challenge of, of Sun City.
1: Yeah, I mean it was an awesome experience going to Daniel last week. Um, yeah, it was just such a pity that I had to withdraw. Obviously, with all the rain delays um, on the Monday, we only got a notification on on the Monday at seven thirty to to say that we're going to play at eleven o'clock. Um, and that wasn't really the the message I wanted. I wanted them to almost call it off um, so that, you know, I didn't have to go back in a bad frame of mind. And I had to withdraw from probably the biggest event of my life. Um, and then I obviously had to withdraw. Um, and I mean, I think that, that kind of pressure that I withdrew and then I was kind of banking on Sun City to do well, um, just because I'm giving up a massive opportunity at the Daniel to come back to Sun City um but i thought i had good chances just because of the history with with me at sun city i've played pretty nicely there over the past um so yeah i mean i was i was pretty confident i wasn't feeling great um, i was extremely tired i mean i got there on the tuesday um and we started on the wednesday so yeah i was i was sick as well coming from extreme you know coldness and rain to to heat so it was like a kind of a massive jump in in climate um and I played Lost City. I've never played Lost City, so I played it blind in the first round as well. So there was a lot of stuff that, yeah, that was that people didn't know um, about the week. And know, yeah, I'm just glad it obviously worked out the way it did.
0: That's actually crazy because in my mind, I, I thought, oh well, you know, you've obviously played um, Gary Player uh, like a fair bit in the past, and I just kind of assumed that you had had seen Lost City at some point as well. But that's super interesting that you that you played it blind.
1: Yeah. I mean, luckily it was only one round at Lost City. Um, and it was weirdly that, you know, I played some of my best golf that first round. Um, but I think also I was extremely sick and I think you kind of lower your expectation when you, when you're sick and, you know, you haven't really practiced much. You know, I hadn't played since I think the Friday because we were just waiting at Daniel to, to play around a golf. So I think that also helped, you know, that, that worked in my favor. Um, and but my caddy's from there, so he actually made some good notes for me. Um So yeah, I kind of just trusted him that first round, and it, it obviously worked. Yeah.
0: I guess if someone said to you, you know, you you'd been knocking on the door quite a bit in the early part of your career, and now you've what won, where you've won the team's event with Ryan Felton, and now you've got your first individual win, and that sort. Both of those are kind of in the space of seven weeks, and. Yeah. You know, now you in, uh, now I don't have to see if you in the field. I don't have to scroll down. A couple of years ago, I was scrolling down to category nine. Now I just have to scroll down to category three A. Um, What, what, um, you know, if someone said to you, you know, this would be your, your trajectory, your trajectory and your, and your, your standing in the game sort of only, I guess, three years into your pro career, would you be, would you be pretty happy
1: with that? I would. Um, I think I've made some great progress over the last year and a half. Um, I think I had a good season, That my first season, that actually set me up um, to get to this point. I mean, finishing 48th in the auto merit that first year was massive, you know, t- just to get yourself into the co-sanks and give yourself better opportunities. Um, and obviously, you learn a lot playing in those big events, especially last week. I learned a lot um, at Daniel, even though I only played two rounds. And um, it was just awesome to mix with, with some big names and some big guys, um, and it was pretty cool. Like Tommy Fleetwood, in the locker room at the same time as I was, so it was pretty cool seeing that. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely really happy with with where things are going. Yeah, I just want to do well in the big events now on the coast, thanks. I think that's, how, that's the next goal for me. Does the experience of the Dunhill
0: kind of leave you feeling i guess relaxed and and, and a bit better prepared heading into the the um summer swing on the sunshine tour and the co sanction event
1: yeah definitely i mean yeah it's just obviously a massive event you mix with some big guys you you actually learn a, a real lot um playing in events like that and also just seeing what the other players do um is very cool as well so yeah i think um I always say like nothing prepares you for a big stage like you kind of just have to go through it and then learn as much as possible um but i think i've done that pretty nicely over the over the past year or so so yeah i'm really looking forward to to the next four big ones that come up in december yeah
0: so just shifting our focus back to back to the win that i mean obviously um that modified stable fit formats yeah makes it makes it quite interesting and i guess there's also that feeling that, like, no, you know, no lead is safe. So, yes, you had a six point lead um, after three rounds. But I mean, that's effectively what that could be an eagle and a birdie that someone else makes or even, I mean, crazy as it is, it could even be an albatross in the, in the lead by two. So exactly. Chat to me about how, you know, how you were feeling the night before and, you know, what was, what was kind of running through your mind? against the backdrop of knowing that you
1: hadn't you know you hadn't won an individual title yet um yeah i mean my girlfriend actually came up on thursday and um yeah that night before the final round i was just talking to her but then she's been a rock for me uh mentally just you know trying to calm me down because um i deal a lot with anxiety and i mean there were so many thoughts coming going through my head on that that before that final round. i mean I was thinking about coming down the last door with a two-shot lead, what I would do with a two-shot point lead, what I would do, would I go for it, would I lay up? Um, but I was actually hoping for a 10-point lead so that I can make double, a minus three, and then whoever made eagle, I'd still win by two points. But uh, <laughs> that was the ideal, ideal um, scenario. But, yeah, obviously it didn't work out like that. Um, in the morning, I was obviously very tense. I was thinking about everything. I was knowing that, obviously, Ryan is playing in front of me. He's a very aggressive player. He's gonna make an eagle or a couple birdies somewhere there, Um, but Joe, I mean, you you never you never out of the game, and I think that's I kind of dealt with the pressure really well because I didn't ever think that I'd lost the tournament anyway during the round. Um, Even though I only made my first birdie on fifteen, I kind of knew that you know I can make a couple birdies coming in, and that will get me those two or two, four, six points that I needed. So that really helped me. but yeah, I'm just uh, that that the first time I was really nervous was on 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 18 and a second shot. I just knew, you know, if I hit this thing on the green, like it's my it's my tournament to win. Um, but it was like a there's a massive diverse in my thinking to like if I this up, if I hit in the water, like that's my tournament gone. So I needed to to uh, buckle buckle up and and hit a good shot. And unfortunately, I didn't do that. But yeah, that layup shot was just. Incredibly, you know, yeah, pitched it perfectly, and obviously made the putt to to seal it off.
0: Yeah, that um that putt on, on eighteen was easily one of the most clutch putts I've, I've ever seen under the under that sort of pressure. And yeah, know, it was fitting that you know, given um, the audio quality and whatever, we could we could like, hear the emotion that 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 came out, um, which was really cool. But. I mean, you can tell I don't play professional golf, but I have to ask, was there any talk between yourself and your caddy about potentially laying up, even though you only had
1: 185 in for your second? Um, yeah, so I actually had 198 to the flag um, for my second shot, and I looked at him, and I was like, are we going for it? And he's like, all day. And I'm like, that's not the answer I wanted. <laughs> I wanted you to say, let's lay up your boy, take a four. Um <laughs> Obviously, obviously, with a situation that you know, Keenan was in line with me, and I had to unfortunately play first. I would have liked if he played first, um, to see where where you know his ball ended up. I had to be aggressive. I would have kicked myself if I laid up and made five, and he made birdie, and then obviously lost in the playoff. So, yeah, I think it was the right call at the end of the day. Um, I don't think there is a real right answer when it comes to laying up or, or going for it. I think you have to, you know, when you when you've got one hand on the trophy, you have to just be aggressive. And, you know, you've played yourself for how many holes to get to that point on the last green or the last, the last shot. You you have to be aggressive. You can't, you know, shy away from the big moment. So I'm glad I, I did it, um, and yeah, it obviously paid off. Luckily,
0: it's also weird. Like I was thinking about it when I was preparing for the podcast, and it's like, you know, if you if you go for it and the shot comes off and you hit it to 10 foot or whatever or 20 foot and make eagle, then you look like an absolute legend. But then similarly, if you hit it in the water, people are like, oh, maybe, maybe you should have laid up. And it's it, it must be, I guess my question here is, how do you kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm sure like people have expressed opinions to you after, after tournaments you've played, things haven't gone your way and said, oh, you know, maybe you should have done this, maybe you should have done that. How do you kind of temper that and and, uh, I guess sort of block out the the external noise?
1: Yeah, I think it's difficult. Um, You never really know what to do. You know, if you pull it off, yeah, you've done the right decision. Like it's this game is so tough that like you just never know what the right thing to do is. You just have to go through it and learn. And then slowly you can kind of form a, a structure to when you're in that situation again, even though it's so difficult because it's, there's so many outliers, you know, if, if Keener makes eagle there, you know, then I should have gone for it. You know, there's, there's so many different scenarios. Um, But, yeah, I think at the end of the day, like, you have to just be aggressive. You can't be too conservative. Um, and I think especially in this format that we had, you had to be very aggressive. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a lot of people afterwards came to me and said, what was going through your head? Uh, I think you should have laid up. I think you should have done this. But yeah, there's no real right answer. Like I said, it's just it's one of those things that, you know, it either goes your way or it doesn't. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of glad that I still went for it, even though I hit in the water. I'm glad that I backed myself to to try and pull off that shot.
0: Was it weird, kind of? I don't know if you necessarily thought about it in the moment, but was it weird knowing that Ryan was in contention and you guys having having won the teams championship together, and yet he posed a serious threat to denying you your first individual win.
1: It was pretty strange, um, but it was pretty cool at the same time. Like, that's a guy I grew up with. And we've won the team's event together, and he's playing in front of me, so I could kind of keep an eye on what he was doing. Um, I knew he had an eagle putt on the last green there, and he gave it, obviously, a good run. So, yeah, I knew that Ryan was always going to be in the picture. He's, he's too good of a player not to be um and it was pretty it was pretty cool like just knowing that you know we we had one together and he's trying to you know battle me out for my first win so yeah that was it was yeah it was kind of cool seeing that um and yeah i'm glad i could finally you know match him with professional wins as well so we equal now
0: is that kind of something you you and your mates on tour kind of constantly you know kind of give each other banter about like if, if, if one of them wins one you say oh okay well you know you x number ahead now or whatever is it, something you think about at all
1: no not really i think it's it's always in the back of the player's mind that you know you've got one more than i do um mm. and people obviously they were very nice about it after my team's um when i mean i wasn't i didn't really feel like i had won a proper individual title um or my first professional win. It, it obviously was a win, but it didn't feel like it. But a lot of my, my, you know, my friends on tour, they were like, no, you've got your first win now, now you can play. And I feel like that almost helped me a bit, just because, like, you know, I, I knew there were a couple guys talking, like, oh, if it wasn't for Ryan, you know, he wouldn't have won that or, or whatever. So there were a few, like, different stories going around, and I'm glad I could just, you know, get my first proper win and kind of suppress mm-hmm. all of the different thoughts you know or maybe even if it was inside my own head I'm um, going to events so yeah it, it feels great to eventually just get my first win
0: i guess it's an interesting one because it's like you look at your you look at your player profile on um uh the website and it's like yes the win got you in, into category 3c and the the exemption that came with it but at the same time it's actually not reflected the win isn't actually reflected in your in your results which i found quite, quite yeah
1: yeah i mean we only got 96 points for that win as well so it was uh i mean i got four i think i got 475 points for this win so it just shows mm-hmm. you that you know if you share your win it, it doesn't count as much uh, so yeah i mean obviously the points now to jump up to third in the ranking is is massive going forward um knowing that i think there's five spots for a DP World card at the end of the season. So that's definitely one of my goals. Um to stay in that in that top five. So yeah, it's a big a big um rest of the year coming forward.
0: And then I mean obviously we are really hoping that you that you do crack that, that top five, but um are the next few spots below that would you get into a few challenge tour events or what does that look like?
1: Um, not really, no. I think it's, uh, I know top 15 on the Order of Merit uh, get into to Daniel next year. Um, but I think you have to play well in the Challenge Tour events. Obviously, take up your membership um, and play well in those events to to get some kind of category on the Challenge Tour or ranking. Um, and, and same for DP. You have to take up membership before the four big ones at the end of this year. So, okay. Uh, it doesn't really help much i think it gets you into second stage or final stage of of european turkey school finish top 10. so that's also massive um you know not going through all the different stages is is tough um so yeah there's a lot of benefits inside top 10.
0: if you kind of go and go back and and look at the the third shot that that keenan faced i guess what was going through your mind and um were you just kind of trying to focus on, on getting up and down and then, you know, making, forcing him to kind of hole out for Birdie.
1: Yeah, it was, a, it was a weird situation. Obviously, I hit in the water and I hit my layup shots. Well, I obviously dropped and hit on the green. And while I was walking up on the side, obviously you walk around the, the dam there, he already chipped. So I kind of, I didn't really see his, his chip shots. I just saw it run out. And, um, and when I got on the green, I was obviously first to putt. Um, so it was a kind of weird situation. There were both different scenarios. I mean, if Keenan makes it and I miss, he wins outright. If he makes it, I make it. It's playoff. There were so many different scenarios, and obviously the best scenario is what had happened. So um, yeah, it was a really tough chip that he he was faced there. I mean, it was down downhill. I don't I don't know if you can really see it on TV how much how much slope it is there, but it was it was a really tough shot. Um, I mean at best he was gonna hit it to five foot below the hole. So yeah, he was obviously faced with a tough chip. I think he got really unlucky with where that ball finished up because he had a great second shot into that into that green. Um and uh, yeah, luckily it worked out that that I came out with the best scenario possible in those three different scenarios that could have happened. So
0: yeah. And it also like I mean you you've got to as 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 stoked as I was. And I'm sure all of your mates were that you that you got it done. Like, you've got to feel, though, because he came up, what, like, maybe half a roll short with the putt. It wasn't a yeah. lot at all.
1: No, 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 no. I mean, I was standing pin high on the other side, and it really looked like that ball was going in all the way. And I don't know how it happened that it came up short. But, um, yeah, it just shows you when it's your time, like, it's meant to be. Um, so, I mean, Keenan's come close to to winning for so long. I think he's been on tour for, for 17 years now. Um, and uh, I'm sure he's going to win soon. I mean, he's got a, a great swing. He's a great player. He's a competitor. Um, and, um, yeah, he was never out of it as well during that last round. He was always in it. He started off with a birdie. And... Um, yeah, it was just, he, yeah, he's, he's a great player. I'm sure he's going to win soon.
0: What did it mean to you to have won the the Blue Label Challenge, given that, and I only realized this after you'd won, that, that they are a sponsor of yours?
1: Yeah, um, they have come on board since Jan this year. They've been helping me out. Um, so they partner with the KLT group. Um, so, yeah, it's been a massive, massive help. I mean, obviously... To play on this tour, you need some sort of backing, just because it's um, our our purses have luckily gone up in the last three or four months to two million rand minimum now. Um, but you don't make a lot of money on this tour, and obviously our expenses are pretty high. So, yeah, to have some sort of backing like Blue Label and, and the KLT Group, as well as Kennings, I mean, to have a to have a car hire for free is is massive, um, just because we travel so much. So yeah, for for a guy on tour to have a couple sponsors is is big, um, and I'm so grateful that I could obviously win the event that they that they sponsor as well. So it was like just the perfect setting, and it was a cherry on top that they sponsored the event and I won the event, um, and yeah, it was it's crazy, and I I don't know if there's a better win that I could have had. Um, so yeah, I'm very grateful for them and yeah for what they do for me.
0: Yeah, i suppose the the combination of the event and in the and in the setting as well being one of the most prestigious courses in the country must have made it extra special as well
1: yeah i mean gay player is such a good golf course um it's really tough to play especially with the winds um in that third round. especially i mean the wind was was getting up to like 40 50 k's an hour and it swills so much and they call that the caddy's graveyard for a reason because I mean, no one can get the win right there. Um, so it's such a great golf course. Um, you know, it's such a nice setting on the 18th green. It's just, I mean, all the grandstands were up, especially for, well, for Nepan Golf Challenge coming up. So it felt like a a real, like, proper championship course. Um, so that was just, yeah, you know, it was insane. What are the celebrations like afterwards?
0: We know that uh, there was a lot of rugby happening with the quarterfinals of the World Cup, but... How much rugby did you get to watch? And yeah, just took me through your celebrations.
1: Uh, I didn't get too much uh, to watch much rugby, I must be honest with you. I um we had a function that night at seven o'clock and I just got off the course literally with everything at quarter past seven. So I quickly ran to the hotel room, showered, um, got to to the function and they told me the blue label guys are are very um yeah, they're very supportive. They've told me to bring my trophy and they were pouring Stellas in there and whatever kind of drink you think about in there. Um, so, yeah, that was a, it was a long night. And, um, yeah, I got a couple fines as well. I dropped the trophy um, <laughs> when I was walking home and, and everyone saw it. It dropped on the tar and it obviously made a massive noise. So I got a few fines for that and they'd fine me for, for crap stuff for hitting in the water on the last hole. So um, there's not a lot that I can remember from the night. Maybe just call uh, a spade a spade. Uh, but it was, uh, it was a cool night. I mean, I had to celebrate it. Um, so, yeah, it was very, very cool.
0: And then I presume with the Springbok winners, straight back out of the next day.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Um, I actually only watched the first half of the game just because I was so exhausted from the night before, so I didn't see how close it was, but I had watched the and it looked like an Unreal Game. Um, so yeah, it was a great, great uh, weekend for sport. Um, so yeah, hopefully we can get it done. So final question.
0: I promise, and then I'll let you get on with your day. What's you know what are your what are your goals um, heading into the rest rest of the season beyond trying to finish um, top five on the order of merit.
1: Um, Yeah, I think obviously now that I've got my first Sunshine Tour win, I think the next step is to get a DP World Tour win. Um, With these four coming up, I think we play six um, DP World Tour uh, events before the end of the season. So, yeah, I think that's the next step. I think um, my game is obviously the best it's ever been and I'm pretty confident at the moment. So if I can get a good a good finish at one of those events um yeah your whole life can change so yeah that's definitely my next goal obviously to finish top five automates is another chance to get a card um but i think yeah that's gonna be my next goal that i'm gonna make for myself
0: 100 percent. well thank you so so much for the time man and yeah all the best for the rest of the season
1: thank you so much have a good day you too man